Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Hello and welcome to the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast where we explore some of the big money issues in the world of sports. I'm Michael Barr and this is a big topic and we're talking about the NFL and what they're trying to do to prevent serious injuries in the game. And there's a great article that's out, Michael Crowley and uh, also Jim Gaddy, who is connected with this article involved. First of all, gentlemen, thank you for coming on to the Bloomberg Business of Sports. Happy to be here. The article that you guys are connected with, and it really is something. I'm going to start with Michael. Tell us about this article that's in Bloomberg Business Week. The NFL, they are trying to study how to avoid concussions. They've done this several years ago, but they're really Mm -hmm. taking an extreme focus on it and how to avoid injuries in general. Tell us more about what your article is all about. Yeah, so uh, I was alerted through a source that, you know, one of the things the NFL have been doing for some time now is really focusing on lower limb injuries. And that research is actually uh, an outgrowth of the the research related to concussions. And, you know, one of the things we, in the reporting, that should be reflected in the article as well is that um, they, this was a bit of a surprise to them, you know, because the NFL uh, televises every single game. They have, they have filmed, they have video on every single injury that has occurred Mm. in the NFL. And so, They started to understand that if they could start studying those collisions specifically for concussions, then they started looking at other, then they realized they could look at other things. And that's where the, you know, the artificial intelligence and machine learning starts to come into play because now they can start analyzing all that data, which we would call video. And they can start analyzing, you know, I don't know if they would put it this way, but say like the angle of a collision or the way that a foot responds to artificial turf versus natural grass which then gets into even sort of like, can they have this? This is not, this is sort of common knowledge if you're like really deep in the NFL. But, you know, if you were to go into an NFL locker room, they have ratings for every helmet that these that these guys use. But they, have, they also have ratings for the, the types of cleats that they sort of, you know, sort of, they rate those as well. And a lot of that is because, um, you know, a soft tissue injury like a hamstring or an ankle or a, or a calf, you know, uh, it will keep you out of a game longer, you know, than current concussion pro- protocols do. So obviously that's very important to teams to sort of figure out how they can sort of prevent those kinds of injuries as well as the more long-term effects of concussions. Bloomberg Pursuits Deputy Editor Jim Gaddy, and this involves about the concussions because a few years ago they used to put the radio frequency identification tags inside the helmets and do they still do that now? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, they do. Uh, they go on uh, almost all the pieces of equipment that they wear now. They go on their shoulder pads. Uh, they go in the mouthpieces. Um, they, you know, even 
when you're thinking about you know measuring concussions and looking at how these happen, the mouthpiece sensor is quite important. They, it tells what direction inside the helmet the head is moving. Um, it's just you know the sort of thing that like every single player, every single game, every single practice, right. they wear all these sensors. And you know when Mike came to to me with the story, you, you think about analytics. Uh, analytics in other sports tends to have a really kind of a negative connotation. You're talking about baseball purists, the analytics people. You know, it's all money ball now. Or you think about the NBA, where everyone seems to be like shooting from half court now to try to get three points instead of two points. In the NFL, it, it's just it's a completely re- different way. I mean, some of these changes to the game are happening in the margins. You see people going for two-point conversions more frequently now because the analytics say, that, you know, uh, looking at the law of averages, or um, you know, going forward on fourth down more. But looking at injuries, and what they're doing is really just running computer simulations, hundreds and hundreds and thousands of times over, using this data that they have, using these videos that they have to look at how, you know, how how can you you know, eliminate some of these. And, you know, the NFL is an inherently violent game. I mean, there's this tension with, uh, you know, this, uh, you know, concern for for injury prevention. But the fans love the big hits, you know. Uh, it's, yeah, uh, and he, used, it's, uh, he used to have a segment in on ESPN. He, he got jacked up and, <laughs> and everybody was watching and I and including me. And mm-hmm. then we realized it's like, oh, my goodness, they they're really – you know, getting seriously injured. Yeah, you know, and this is really the obviously over the last couple of weeks, this has taken on uh, more urgency with uh, the the Demar Hamlin injury right. uh, earlier this year with the Tugatago Viola um, injury. Uh, very high profile primetime games, which were very uh, upsetting. Uh, oh. Clearly, I mean, um, and uh, you know, so it's. But on the flip side, you know, the the NFL has. Uh, the percentage of injuries has decreased using these special helmets in the preseason. Uh, Mike, Mike can speak more to this because uh, he talked to them uh, than I did. But that, that was one thing that was interesting to me was, uh, you know, even over a short sample period, uh, it was uh, the, the injuries decreased by like twenty five percent, which is statistically uh, pretty impressive. Mike, uh, what was was that something that stood out to you in terms of how it's been effective? Yeah, I think, like, you know, one of the things that they realized was with load management and sort of understanding the mechanics of that better. So what we talked about in the article that was actually interesting was the idea was in training camp you would come out and you would work the guys really hard to start. And what the analytics told them was, like, that was completely backwards, that you actually needed to slowly ramp up these guys because what happens when you start out hard is, uh, there's two things. One, you get more injuries. And if you get more injuries, then it's harder to load the playbook and sort of get all the reps you need and sort of build team chemistry. Um, so it was sort of a sort of a, a rainbow effect that way, which was kind of which was kind of interesting for them to see. But then they noticed that guys are just staying fresher longer. And obviously, in a in a grueling sport like the NFL, the team that's the freshest, you know, coming into the playoff playoffs, that's going to be the team that's going to probably be most successful. And so. Uh, it's a copycat league. Everyone always says that, and, and the NFL was pretty honest about that as well. The teams that have adopted these, who, who have adopted these data sets and incorporated them into their training, those are the teams that are seeing the greatest amount of success. And the NFL makes all that data available to, to, to all 32 teams. 
Uh, and so the adoption rate, they were a little cagey about this, the adoption rate by certain teams, uh, it's, it's not as high on so, at some organizations as others. Um, but it, there's a good bet that whoever's doing well in the playoffs this year is, is, a, is an organization that's really bought into the analytics of, of, of injuries and sort of looking at load management in ways that other teams are not. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. I want to ask both of you this question, but I'll start with uh, Michael. The Tua Tagovailoa injury of the concussions, and I'm talking about the one where he suffered the first concussion and then four days later that extremely scary concussion. But the Miami Dolphins, they were criticized because for some reason they cleared Tagovailoa to go back out for the next game, and that's when it really was scary. Michael, how could they miss that, or what fell through the cracks from that first concussion? You know, I wouldn't really be able to speak to that or know. And in some ways, it wasn't under the purview of the reporting that I was doing. But I also think that my guess is, had I asked the NFL about that, they probably would have punted that <laughs> to the yeah. organization and said, like, you know, it's individual teams, but uh, you know, I, I will say. I, I mean, I think that as we all know, the NFL is a big behemoth. It's it's a big money making machine, and as Jim talked about, with the tension between uh, you know how much it's a gladiatorial sport. I mean, we like contact. I mean, that's what is appealing about the NFL. Um, but I did get the feeling that you know, although they have taken some uh, justifiably uh, uh, criticism in the media for how they've handled concussions. When I talked to Jeff Miller, I felt like, you know, a lot of what he was saying was pretty sincere, that they're trying to do the best they can. It's just an inherently violent sport. And if you talk to the researchers, which which I have also talked to the researchers, you know, one thing I put to the NFL and I put to some of these researchers was like, aren't we just making these guys more efficient so that they'll be that they'll be faster and stronger and that they'll hit even harder, <laughs> you know, with all this, like, the machine learning and, uh, and one of the researchers that I know said, I don't know if I believe that or not. He said, you know, for a long time, we didn't think we'd get there with automobiles, which is the genesis of a lot of this sort of research they did into concussions was from the automobile industry and looking at crash test dummy sites and learning how they could apply that to the, to the physical collision of, of men on men in a football game. Jim, we talked about Tua, but all in this article is the DeMar Hamlin injury. I wonder if there is any way to prevent an injury like that. He went into cardiac arrest, and it was one of those freak things because it was a normal hit. And T. Higgins, he didn't do anything wrong with the hit at all. It just scared everybody who was an NFL fan and obviously the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, you know, um, I'm not a doctor (laughs) Right. Um, but, um, you know, I feel like that that was, judging from the reactions that I've seen from football players, you know, it seemed like a freak thing, that there was really not much you could do to prevent that. But what I will say is that the 
action plan that they had in place to resuscitate him, that Second, is an uh, absolute yeah. outgrowth of the research that they've been doing over the last few years. And that is a plan that they put in place specifically for a freak accident like that. And I'm thinking 15 years ago, 20 years ago, that action plan is not in place. I remember seeing Tony Dorsett, and he was playing, I believe it was a Monday night game, and uh, one of the greatest running backs in the league. And that was back in the time when we wanted to see big old hits. So he hits head first into a defensive player, and it literally knocks his helmet askew. And now today, Michael, he's dealing with concussions. Uh, And thank goodness the game has changed. Uh, With all of this stuff, and by the way, folks, I I need to explain something, too, in the article. They create an AI player. And I know you've seen the commercials where you got the person and they're wearing the ping pong balls and this and that. And it's cute and you get a chuckle on it. But, Michael, this is something that is really serious for the NFL, and they have taken it to the nth degree, and and good for them. Yeah, I mean, I think some of the stuff that they're doing is actually to be commended, and, and is actually pretty cutting edge. So they they've started a number of contests where you know they, they're giving out funds for companies to develop new products. So the helmets, the helmet challenge was was the first one that they did, and they got. I mean, one of the most interesting companies that sort of came into that was a, a place called Impresario Tech which is actually a, a medical device company that, that was working on spine research. And sort of, you know, when you're, as you get older and you age, you have a sort of spine injury, they had developed this sort of, the best way for us to understand it would be like, like a jello, you know, a jello that you put in between your spine that was like a shock absorber that would sort of help relieve and alleviate pain. Well, they were one of the companies that, that won some money by jumping into the helmet technology challenge. And I think that, the, the machine learning and the AI stuff is really interesting. And one of the coolest insights that we couldn't put into the article is just that, you know, we may not recognize it, but they've changed how kickoffs are done in part to sort of slow down collisions, which is a direct result of the of the research. Yeah. But another thing that they think will change at some point is, like, they'll have all this data. And so eventually, you know, the way that they do punts may change. Like, you may not be able to, like, double-team a gunner on the edge during a punt because they see that that's going to create more sort of injury models. But it may be even something long-term where they want to get out in front of this, where they may sort of like, maybe the quarterback sneak goes away. Maybe bootlegs go away. I mean, there's a real possibility that strategically how you play the game, aside from going for it on fourth down or going for two, but actual formations may be outlawed or actual play calls could potentially be outlawed. I mean, it's hard for them to sort of say that that will happen, but as they get more data and they can sort of see that there's a causal relationship between a certain play type and certain injury types, they're going to go away from that. There's just, there's, it's just a natural thing that will happen. The other thing that they can do eventually that they're going to be able to do probably within five years, if not less, is they can go to certain players and say, like, look, based off the way you move, based off the way you run, based off the way you come out of breaks, you need to use this shoe. Or you need to change your gait or the way that you operate because it's going to make you, you know, just making up a number here, 60% more likely to have a, a knee injury. Mm. Like that's how that's how deep the data is going to go. And to Jim's earlier point, like this goes far beyond just like, you know, pumping up more threes during an NBA game. It's going to really come down to like really trying to figure out how to keep these guys on the field because I don't think anybody believes that they're not going to go to 18 games eventually. 
right? So. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. And, and Michael, you brought up a very good point, and Jim, uh, about how the game has changed. Back, you know, before the AFL and NFL merged, the NFL was that old pound and ground game, and you know, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust, and this and that, whatever. The AFL, they're the guys that kind of brought the airing out of the football. And that is, to me, now I, I could be dead wrong, is when we started to see an increase more in these injuries. I'm not, I'm not talking about the usual, you know, bruise and this and that, whatever. But I'm, I mean, very serious injuries from legs and this and that, whatever. In fact, there was a time when players, Jim, said, don't hit me low, hit me high. Mm. And now that has totally changed. Yeah, you know, it's... Um... <laughs> I, I was just thinking about three yards in a cloud of dust, uh, <laughs> you know. But you know, it, it reminds me of uh, of rugby. You know, these guys are huge. Um, they get in these massive scrums, but they're not wearing helmets. You know, it's it's these plays where you've got really fast, really strong human beings running at each other at full speed. Uh, you know, and I mean, the forward pass certainly brought that into uh, into modern day sort of like NFL plays. Uh, if you're just like, you know, if you're running the ball all the time, I think you're all kind of like in close proximity. Uh, you're not going to have those massive collisions. And that's certainly um, why they have uh, in recent years changed those kickoff rules. You right. can't get such a big running start. You, you only get like a five-yard running start. I I have a hard time believing that that's going to, um, you know, there's, there won't be – I believe there will be changes coming to that play in in the years. The to game come. always evolves. You're yeah. right, Jim. Yeah. And and Jim, uh, you brought up a point and Michael about practice. And because of all of this going on with the player, they realize, look, we gotta limit practice, especially when you first come back for the first several days, because guys were getting injured. You know, back in the old days, like, all right, now go out there and eat some nails and glass and go out there on the field. And, and you know, and, and guys were getting hurt. And then they realized, wait a minute, we got to we gotta tone this down, Michael. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. And I think, like, there was an article recently uh, out of Minnesota about how they've done a really good job of managing their sort of in-season practices. And then coming off a of bye week, they hadn't had contact since a game in almost 10 days. And so they knew that they had to – they knew that they had to put the pads on because there, there is an element where you, you do have to put the pads on. You have to do a couple a couple of rough plays, a couple of rough practices. But the teams are getting smarter about the fact that you just can't continue to do that deeper and deeper into the season. And so I think that's what you're going to see. Like a lot of other things will sort of take that place. There'll be sort of more book learning. There'll be more sort of film watching. It's going to be more of, a, of an emphasis on those kinds of things to sort of uh, try to keep guys as fresh as possible for as long as possible. Yeah, and, but. Jim, I know we're running out of time, but it's one of those things, too, all of these analytics. 
will also help, and I think we mentioned it just for a brief moment, on how the broadcasters mm-hmm. will present the game. I mean, you know, back in my day, it's like, oh, in living color, look out. <laughs> we, we got some high tech here. And that, you know, then they had the overhead cam that came in eventually. And now they're they're trying to to get the analytics from all of this information on how to get the best camera angle. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know if it's going to be a better experience for the fans, to be honest. Um, but it's going to help the sponsors and the advertisers know, uh, you know, what, uh, what what what's their as one of them put it, the overall value proposition which is a great phrase. Yeah. <laughs> you know exactly what that means. <laughs> you know, it's like, are we getting our, what, what kind of bang are we getting for our buck? Uh, Mike, you talked to the guy who is one of the main, uh, or one of the guys who's developing the software. I mean, you know, they can they can tell. Uh, I, I'm not going to steal your, your thunder, I don't think, Mike, but, um, you know, if you're a golfer, they can tell if, if like, the, the sponsor, if they should be on the hat or on the sleeve or the left sleeve or the right sleeve. Right. Mike, what, what, yeah. what was... Yeah. Yeah, they, I mean, they've got that all. What they can do is they can calibrate down to the second, you know, how much exposure your brand is getting. But they can also, and there's a lot of there's a lot of money involved in that from both sides. So the company can double dip. They can go to the sponsor and say, like, look, like Justin Thomas needs to have that logo on his left sleeve and not on his hat. That's how you can get the most money. But they can also go to the they can also go to the broadcaster. They can go to any of the broadcasters and say, like, look, like you're overpaying for these rights. Because you're, you know, you're only getting this much money, in, and this is how much that they're getting exposure. So they get to double dip on both ends and tell people how to do all that stuff. But then the other thing that was really a little bit Orwellian about it was like they can do a screen grab. They've got software where they could do a screen grab, literally of a, of a venue, a stadium, an arena, and in that screen grab, they can tell you how many people are actually engaged with the action on the court or on the field. You know, based on, and like within seconds, based off this proprietary algorithm they've invented, so that you know you can see how many people are actually looking at their phones or looking at the field. But then they can tell you all the demographic data of the people inside the arena as well, and they can tell you male, female, age, race. They can tell you how many people are actually. I didn't know this was a thing until I did the reporting, but there are people that actually look up highlights during the game of the game that they're watching on YouTube. So they can tell you what the fan engagement is on social media and on YouTube of an actual game that they're watching. They can collect all that, and that's where that overall value proposition Joe's talking about comes in. They can give all that to, to different arenas or broadcasters, and it's just a way to really sort of maximize as much money as possible, obviously. Wow. Bloomberg Business Week contributor Michael Crowley. Bloomberg Pursuits Deputy Editor Jim Gaddy laying some knowledge on us, man. I, I really enjoyed this. By the way, this story is featured in the current issue of Bloomberg Business Week magazine, which is the, the year ahead issue. And it's available online at Bloomberg.com, on newsstands, and of course, on the Bloomberg Terminal. Jim, Michael, thank you so much for joining us. We really do appreciate it right here on the Bloomberg Business of Sports. This has been the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where we explore some of the big money issues in the world of sports. I'm Michael Barr. By the way, you can download this show every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And by the way, you can download it wherever you get your podcast.
Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.